two, Cody and Gold on 610 Sports Radio. On today's show, Gold makes his triumphant return to the station. Will the Chiefs DBs be up to the challenge again? And did Clark Hunt drop a hint on what could be next for Arrowhead? Special guests include Steve Palazzolo at 1030. Now two guys experiencing Phoenix in very different ways. Cody Tap and Alex Gold. We are back, baby. We we are back. We are we are back? ready to roll. I am. What We're, percentage would you say you're at? So I actually feel so much better today. And the the question is whether I'll have to get up during the show at any point in time. Right now, I that think we're going to like somebody who's feeling better. Uh, it's much better than yesterday. You I appreciate you guys. Bag of crackers and diarrhea. We, got, hold them up. we have hold them up. <laughs> Oh yeah, on the stream. <laughs> yeah. We've got we've got some some great you know generic brand diarrhea stuff. We've got uh, diarrhea stuff. You know, we've got some premium <laughs> saltine crackers. We got some Gatorade. We're in a much better spot than By yesterday. The way, I'll tell you that. Should have you in charge of their marketing campaign. Diarrhea stuff. Well, Wait, I'm not going to give them free love. That's why you noticed us. And by the way, I did buy the generic. I didn't. I didn't want to give them free love. We're, it's basically the uh, the local pharmacy or the national pharmacy's branded, you know, anti-diarrhea medicine. Is That's it true or with. false that the guy who checked you out at that store said, "I hope you feel better, man"? Yeah. So I'm, I I ran there because when we got here, I'm <laughs> like, been like, "It's not for me." <laughs> when, when we got here, somebody else is in the car. <laughs> when we got here on Radio Row, I was like, "Oh, this isn't. This is going to be a problem." And so I looked it up. Cody looked it up. And it was a nine-minute walk to get to the uh, to the pharmacy. And when I checked out with the combination of Gatorade, saltine crackers, and and medicine, anti-diarrhea, he's like, "Hope you feel better, man." <laughs> what did you say? What did you I was like, with? "Me too." Is what <laughs> I said. I was like, "I was hoping this is the same thing for me as well." I'm like, "Oh no, it's not for my butt. It's for somebody else's butt." <laughs> Make it as uh, awkward as possible. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you guys holding it down yesterday, uh, and hopefully, you guys caught on Twitter our, our post our post show press conference that we had. Very controversial. Very yeah. controversial. I heard some of the comments from Cody. Uh, there was a Wally Pip comment that was made as well. Uh, we'll People see. Are talking. We will see how it goes, man. Of course, we are here on Radio Row, brought to you by Ray Gunn and Baker University. We will have Steve Palazzolo joining us in about 30 minutes or so, and who knows who else is going to stop by as well. Nick is going to be walking around. We're going to be getting different people. I-, I will bring it up in a little bit. There was somebody that I was told you guys could have had on the show. I have to address that in about 15, 20 minutes okay. or so. Someone told me an individual was here, and I'm wondering why you guys did not have him on the show. So, that, that's going to be coming up in a little was bit. Was it harder for you to miss the electric interview with Clark Hunt or oh, I, look. the one-year anniversary of Gum Bucket? Mm. Two big so moments in the show I yesterday. got multiple texts throughout the show or tweets, and I appreciate those that they did, did text or tweet, although they used the hashtag RIP Alex, so I don't know what on earth you guys said. You were on your deathbed yesterday. So. Well, Cody doesn't think things through sometimes, and he's just like, that was the first thing that I think that popped into his head was, <laughs> let's just do RIP Alex. <laughs> Well, as a hashtag. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. Get um, better, Alex. It's but, too long. But people did mention, uh, did you know it was one year since the gum bucket incident? And, yeah, I'm really bummed that I wasn't here for that. You know what's Can't so funny? It's been a year. You know what's so funny about that is that it was the one-year anniversary, which means we must have done that right after the Chiefs Had to lost been. to Cincinnati in the AFC Championship game, which that felt like more of a summer conversation. I can't believe I it was a year. <laughs> it was a random I, I, question of the day. Yeah. yeah, I can't believe it's been a year. That's what was really surprising. And then I, r- I forgot how my, my reaction uh, basically oh, yeah. was like, what are you doing? The second time. Pounding on the table. Yeah, it's great. The second time was, I don't remember it being that bad. I remember being bad. Not that bad. When it, when it played yesterday, I'm like, 
Oh my! There was like a whole cover. Like the thing Gold was trying to joke about about the movie series and all that before <laughs> it made it so much worse. Oh, the whole horse thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, horse semen. You said horse semen so many times. <laughs> in that, that was shocking the amount of times you said horse semen. <laughs> it was not good. Bad combo. I said I didn't even bring it up. You guys keep talking. What about happened it. to that old edgy Alex that just wasn't afraid <laughs> to let it fly? Where'd he go? Oh, we're here. We're here. We're 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 ninety. I think we're at ninety percent today. You overall. haven't talked about horse semen once in the last three hundred sixty-five days. No, <laughs> we're slacking. Maybe around maybe around the Kentucky Derby. We'll we'll get that'll be my my breakdown and <laughs> bring and analysis and, People and want stud it. fees that are going to be out there and and things like that. Of course, you guys can hit us up throughout the show on the J Southland Toe Service text line nine one three five eight six seven six ten. But let's talk about this game coming. up on Sunday and I think you know if you're looking at the, the matchups that we keep getting asked about whenever we hop on, on different stations everybody's discussing the offensive line versus the defensive line on Philadelphia but if I were to tell you, you know, outside of that, what is the biggest matchup of this game perhaps it actually lies in the secondary I think that when you start looking at who matches up best or worst right across the group or who really needs to win theirs I think you make a huge argument for the rookie corners versus Philadelphia Eagles wide receivers we've talked a lot about the trenches in this game Rightfully so. They both have, you know, top-level offensive lines and defensive lines, so that's not surprising to find out. But how rookie corners are going to hold up to super talented wide receivers is always going to be intriguing to me. I know it's hard because we just got out of a game where they were up against T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and Tyler Boyd, and there were, a lot, you know, like plenty of challenges, right, that came from that grouping. But they're still... Rookies, kind of, and I know we're trying to, like, wash that away. We said, can we stop I told you, I don't, I don't think we can view them as rookies anymore. We're in February now. They've played the longest seasons of their, their football lives. They, of course, in college playing, what, 12 games max. Uh, and now they're they're playing soon to be 19-plus, you know, 19, 20 games here in the, the NFL season. And so I, so I don't, don't view Jalen Watts. I, I really don't. I'm not telling you that uh, that I think they're going to just shut down uh, A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith. I think that that's not Seems happening. Unlikely. Um, but I'm not worried about Trent McDuffie or Jalen Watson or any of those guys in particular being ready for this moment and, like, they're going to have this rookie collapse suddenly in the Super Bowl. No, I'm, I'm not. Not, not, what, not at all, as a matter of fact. I think – and collapse is probably strong, but that is a big matchup for them. They can't get beat too often in those, and it's, it's really about making them work hard. I guess some of this is, I think, Snead's going to play. Right, he's gonna practice. He's at practice, so there's no reason to think the concussion's gonna hold him back. There's absolutely no reason to think that's not gonna be the case. But it's, it's still yet another challenge. Those big, tall wide receivers, they, you know, they've given the Chiefs problems in the past. They Mike found Williams a way, and yeah, others, they, and yeah. they found a way to make Jamar Chase work. They have, they, have, they really have. They've done a much better job about that. But it feels like to me, the matchups in the trenches are relatively even. Like I think both these teams are good there. That was the whole conversation about Cincinnati. They were definitively better than that team on the offensive and defensive line, and that might have been the single biggest reason why they won that game. That's obviously not the case against Philadelphia, so then we start going down to the other matchups. Where are or where can they take advantage? We know for the Chiefs, their single biggest mismatch in any game is Travis Kelsey because as much as we talk about, hey, you haven't had to prepare for how Philadelphia runs the ball, right? They run their offense different. No other team in the NFL has a tight end like Travis Kelsey. You have not played a team like that. You will not have to play a team like that. And I know that George Kittle was in the last game. He's probably the closest thing to it. They had a quarterback who couldn't throw. So it's not, you know, this portion of it doesn't concern me. I do think that that's maybe the next matchup that I want to pay attention to. 
Yeah, I mean, if we're going away from even on the field specifically, I still think the biggest matchup but advantage-wise for Kansas City, uh, other than, as you point out, the quarterback, is still the coaching in this game. I mean, I, I don't think that, that is something that we can ignore at all. Sirianni's a second-year coach. He's a second-year second second coach, and, and Andy, yeah, and Andy's in his fourth Super Bowl. He's going to be probably, when it's all said and done, a number three, number four NFL coach of all time, if not higher. He's already the second most postseason. Yeah, second most postseason wins in, in NFL history. And the routine, even of this week, all this extra media stuff, the, the radio, I mean, Travis Kelsey was actually here on Radio Row last night at 7 o'clock filming their podcast, New Heights, over on the little NFL set, diagonal from us here on Radio Row. All, all, all the media stuff from opening night, the extra media availability every day, all that is stuff the Chiefs have gone through three times. Yeah, there's some newcomers on this team. But the coaching element and just be, being able to go through the process, they're far more experienced in that. Like Andy mapping out exactly what last week was going to look like, how last week was really the week where you were going to get everything accomplished. This week, knowing that you're going to have all these extra uh, obligations to, to handle. And Mitchell Schwartz was talking about that last week uh, with, uh, with Carrington Harrison. That's friend of the show, Christian Chris McCaffrey. McCaffrey just walked friend through. Friend of the we show, have, we he's have been on Christian this show. Yeah, oh, how, really? Nick, how about you just go sprint right in front of him? Just go sprint and get him he's on the a show, very non, I'm Seeing him in person, him he's a very nondescript looking white guy. See if you could tackle him. Oh, my gosh. See if you could take down Christian Why McCaffrey. Why would you want to tackle Christian yeah, McCaffrey? He's an all-pro running back. So is, do you think you can't? He wouldn't even yeah. If he, he didn't even see it coming, do you think move. you could knock him down? No. Like if he didn't see no, you coming, you're coming too, from behind, he's right? Too, he's he's too unstable. Strong. You don't know. He's unstable. Listen he's to yourself. Not, Listen to yourself. What do you think? He just – he is always – you, you can't knock him down? what Christian McCaffrey looks like? like Full we just speed. Saw, Nick just, sprints like, to run into him? You literally just did. He just walked by. He is an absolute freak and a he's beast. He's a brick bleep house. Yeah. He's headed over, I think, to – the old FanDuel tent over there, maybe to go on Pac McAfee's show. This Fan is Duel. Cody and Gold. Yeah. Widely considered one of the top 50 radio shows in the country in middays. Widely? <laughs> Widely considered. You don't think so? I haven't pulled, I haven't pulled the room. I could try. <laughs> Nobody's come up to me today. Should we get a side? Yeah, we should. Nick, here's what you do. You go up to anybody we want, and you tell them, hey, look, did you guys know that we are, we're not the best midday show in the country? We're not the 5th, <laughs> not the 10th, not the 15th. We're the, officially, as of today, the 18th best uh, midday show How in, in, How in the mid-market. It's, it's, it's the only rankings that I know of that exist. They came out today. They're voted on it's by the me. the only rankings. I like how the last line that Gold flipped in there was, they're voted on by people. Voted on by people, you know. Program directors. versus what? Yeah, exactly. So that's when you go up. I'm exactly. sure that'll help. Just, just say we're not the top five. We are the, eight, the 18th ranked. Yeah. Well, just that's something we should have a sign actually that we put right by our set. It just says 18th best. Is that better or show. worse? I was once ranked the worst sports radio host in the city. Rather, rather but recently. Was, but but that was 13th. That, so is this better or worse for me? There were 18th I don't know. In the shows. It's kind of weird that you can. I was last in, but higher number. 18th show, but. Oh, we should comment. We should, you should send that link to, of, of our national ranking to the guy who ranked you last. <laughs> <laughs> he also wasn't a big fan of yours, to be clear. You were 12th. That's true, but one spot ahead of you, not last. And Gold was like four spots ahead of us. He really liked Alex. It's still nice. Thanks for, hey, thanks for still Imagine nice. where you'd be ranked if you could <laughs> yeah, dude, get rid get, of us. You're getting drugged down by us. There's no doubt you'd be like sixth in that guy's brain. Yeah. If it wasn't for the two I of don't, us. That, that guy, I don't know if he's responded to you since that comment. I don't know. I respected the fact that he put some time into it, though, you know? And I liked, I appreciated the side comments that included that Nick was awful and I was the worst. Mm -hmm. So, but he can't say that about us anymore. We're 18th. Yeah, I'm going to put that. I'll make sure we should just put that in our, our bios. Just okay. 18th best show. Yeah. T-shirts? Midday, mid-market. Yep. 
No. Midday, mid-market. Someone, says prep it so someone said they would buy the T-shirts if, we, if it said Cody and Gold 18th best. Speaking mm-hmm. of T-shirts, we, I think we may have a, an announcement to make today. Okay. Do you want to make it now or later? Well, I, said, I, may, I think we <laughs> may have an announcement to make. You, is that you're just teasing? Yeah, I think I'm teasing. I think I'm teasing a little bit. Why, why do you think it's going to happen? Why, can't, why is it not actually going to happen today? Uh, because I haven't checked, and, t- and I'm trying to buy time right now. Like, literally right now. I mean, right you can go ahead and say eventually this week. I talk, I'm talking slowly. Okay, while you're doing that, we can not tell people that are in Arizona. We're going to be at Pub Rock Live tonight. We're doing a special edition of Arrowhead Pride Radio. We're going to be out with the Arizona Chiefs Kingdom group tonight. Uh, 6 o'clock Central Time, 5 o'clock Mountain Time. There's a huge group of Chiefs fans. A lot of them have actually lived in Kansas City in the past. They're out here in the Valley, and so we'll be hanging out there. Neil Smith's doing some autographs. Nick Lowry and others uh, from Chiefs Legends going to be there. We'll be hanging out. Pete Sweeney's going to be uh, there as well. Ha- haven't seen Pete on Radio Row yet, so we'll have a chance to have Pete actually on our show. I figured Pete, Pete would be a very popular man on Radio Row. If uh, he walked in, he would be I was, surrounded immediately. I was told he is not coming to Radio Row today. He's not? He is not coming to Radio Row wow. today. No. But he is coming on Friday with our show. Also, I can't officially announce that the thing you were trying to announce is in no, fact No, 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 no. That's what? my announcement. That's Fine, my announcement. Announce it. <laughs> announce it. Go for it. Stop, Cody. Announce it. I'm trying to help you. You're afraid we to say it. Have a special uh-huh. 610 Sports Kansas City mm-hmm. collection of t shirts at raygunsite.com. That is raygunsite.com. If you go to that website, we'll tweet it out from the station account, we'll tweet it out from our personal accounts. We've got Georgie Porgy Pudding Pie shirt. Of course. We've got a Smoke <laughs> in That Joe Burrow shirt. Great one. That's we, my favorite. We've got a Jody Fortson shirt. We've got a The Name is Marquez, I'm Sorry, I'm Sorry shirt. <laughs> <laughs> All of these are at raygunsite.com, and they're under the Kansas City collection. You can buy these shirts. We're going to be, if you're, if you're in there, if you happen to be in Arizona and you're coming out to the event at Pub Rock Live tonight, we're going to have some of these shirts, hopefully, maybe. Who's, don't hold us to it. <laughs> They're en route right now. You know, if UPS can get off their ass and get get their job done today, we're going to have shirts to hand out to people who come out to Pub Rock Live tonight. So these are these are the only – where else are you going to get a Georgia Porgy Pudding Pie shirt? I'm, I'm yeah, wondering. and look, I, you know, I support UPS, so I appreciate all the hard work that they do, even if Nick wants to trash you. I appreciate <laughs> their hard doing? work. And I told I you really that I, I officially – Hold now for that UPS endorsement. Really appreciate FedEx, UPS, DHL, <laughs> United States Postal Service, all of them. I did tell you, Nick, that I would officially switch to Georgie Porgy Pudding Pie if he got a sack in the Super Bowl and they won. So I'm only willing to wear that shirt if he gets a sack in the Super Bowl and Georgie Porgy mm. Pudding Pie is a part of the equation. Ooh. Man, how, how happy would that make you? Jody Fortson told you this week he wants to be your friend, which we can get to later. Dude. It's been a big week for you. A huge week for me. It's also been a huge week for uh, whoever – a Bill's water companies in the in the greater <laughs> Phoenix area for all of the toilet flushes that oh. Alex Gold has had to do. It's a bad yeah. week. It's a bad week to be yeah. a toilet in Phoenix. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. So far, everything's everything's good, guys. You mean today? Yeah. Not in general, though. Yeah. So far, to, to we're off to a we're off to a better start. 
We're off to a much better. I start. like this. Not I a good get, start. I like what we're gonna get constant updates on your bowels. <laughs> what you're used to? You you just gave an update. We were staying away <laughs> from it, and you just went there. The text line also is having fun with our 18th rated show. They said just say top 20. It sounds a lot better. Nope. No, I like 18th. 18th. Someone did say you guys might be 18th in your time slot across the country, but the other radio station is 19th. That is true. Ooh, that wow. is that is true. That wow. is it's a fair point. You know, text that, line. That's just very a statement true. of fact. That's very we're very not here true. To, we're not here to take. You know, low blows. I'm surprised. I'm surprised the gap isn't wider. Honestly, I'm really surprised. You think so? You think yeah, there? I'm stunned. Really stunned. Where do you think the other show should rank? Who's the host of the other show? Uh, I'm not sure. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Irrelevant. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. You Look, guys I'm proud to be 18. Is well, uh, I've honestly, never heard top him. 20 doesn't sound better. Because I've never, I'm usually busy during their show. <laughs> it turns out. I would like to make a point that top 20 does not sound better. We are top 18. Why would I ever say top 20? We're top 18. That's true. That's true. That that matters. Mm. I don't want to get lumped in with 19 and 20. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. All right, before we get to uh, uh, something that I was made aware of yesterday, the, an individual you guys had an opportunity to have on the show, and I don't get why you didn't have him on the show. Uh, I, we were thinking about this, looking at what could occur on Sunday and who could actually be putting on a Chiefs uniform for the last time. Who do you feel like you know right away – this is it for them. There's no chance they're coming back next year to be with the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, so if, if, if I was going coach, I would say Eric Bieniemy. I don't think he's going to be the offensive coordinator anymore. I still feel that way. I still feel like there are a lot of jobs open. Yeah, and I know it's been quiet around that search, but I still feel like it's him. From a player perspective, dude, there are a lot of choices. Juju, you could say Orlando Brown Jr. There are, there are a number of options, I think, kind of across the board. Or Legereus Sneed, maybe if you don't think the Chiefs are going to bring him back. I feel like between all of those guys, I feel like it's still Orlando Brown Jr. Why are they going to pay him? Like, it just feels like if they get the Super Bowl win gold, you can just start there again and try to find another left tackle again. You can do this over. I know that sounds silly, but you, we've said before, it makes it a lot easier to take those chances, to move on from players. Yeah, I, I don't think it, it's definitive, though. I'm not as definitive as you are, maybe in confident that it's Orlando Brown Jr.'s last game because I still think a franchise tag is in play. Again, they can double tag him. I think that is still a possibility for the Chiefs to do so based off of, again, even if we, we, we talk all the time about what level of left tackle is Orlando Brown Jr., you still have to also consider what's your replacement option both what it's going to cost financially, sure. draft capital, and all that. I actually think tagging him again might be their best path. So I'm not as certain that he's not back. I think if we're going through a little bit down the roster and, like, whose game is it, who could be playing the last game, I actually think Juan Thornhill, I, you know, based on how they drafted this past year. I know yeah, Juan, he's Juan, probably Juan, Juan Thornhill has had a really nice season, but you paid money on Justin Reed. You just drafted Brian Cook, who's yeah. gotten a lot of playing time. Do they want – you know, I don't know what exactly the, the salary estimate would be, but do they want to invest – on another veteran second contract at the safety spot? Like, do they feel that's a position where it's worth doing that? I'm not so sure. So he, he would be pretty high on my list that I feel confident that uh, he's not back next season. Somebody else that's going to be interesting, not as certain, but, like, I feel like there's this assumption automatically whenever we talk about Clyde being activated. You and I, obviously I think he's gone. You, you and I obviously dif disagree on, like, should they cut him? I think they should try to trade him. I don't think you cut the guy. That, that wouldn't make sense to me. But I, I don't think it's 100% that – Jarek McKinnon's back next season. Oh, this I don't is a think guy, so. I think he's this on guy the list. is a guy that gets signed in, you know, May most seasons, June. He just got signed late this offseason, as a matter of fact, on a one-year contract, and he's still over 30, so I don't think it's a guarantee he's back. Only half of their roster is under contract last year. There are a lot of answers. But, like, I think LeJarius needs coming back. I'm not confident he's not. I think he's getting a new deal, yeah. Yeah, so I don't think that 
He's on my list. Thornhill, I think, is gone. I think Juju Smith-Schuster has a pretty good chance of being gone. I don't know if that would be. Wow. Yeah. Like, at this rate, right, you got through the season, you moved through these different options, it starts to feel like you don't necessarily – you don't necessarily need him. I know that sounds silly, and the thing about Juju is he's going to get a mountain of cash if he wants it. He is the best wide receiver available in the market. Someone will pay him, what, $17, $18 million a year? Remember before when Carrington was like, three for 45, that's too high. Are you insane? No, man, he can get four for 60 from a team. He can get seven. He can get more than that. As long as they believe that, deal. that knee, you know, we'll find out. I think he's going to play on Sunday. But as long as the knee and their teams aren't scared off by the injury. But that's why, look, the way the Chiefs built the contract, too, is so incentivated. Uh, Juju can make another million dollars, guys, on Sunday. Uh, make another million bucks on Sunday if he plays. He's supposed to make a million plays, dollars for one of the AFC title games. He needed he 50% play, of the snaps. They'll probably which still is play a, him. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe if it helps in this offseason and, and they think that'll help in negotiations there. But he can make a million bucks uh, if he plays 50% of the snaps and the Chiefs win the Super Bowl on Sunday. Juju's my answer. Like, I think this is his last. I think you this think is it? Yeah. What about Frank Clark? I, no, I think, I think Frank Clark, it wouldn't shock me if he's gone. In terms of who am I most certain this is their last game, it's Juju. And it's only because I think we have vastly under – valued like what his market's going to be i think the here's here's what how i think the juju thing plays out we'll maybe kind of convince ourselves the chiefs are in the mix and we'll hear a report a few weeks after the season they said that uh, talks have already begun between juju and the chiefs about contract negotiations they're not finalizing anything and then all of a sudden we'll see a report from the jets or the bears and it's going to be a massive number and we're going to go whoa well okay i guess we know why the chiefs didn't sign them it's such a massive gap between him and the next best receiver on the market. Yeah, and we all talk about how much he likes Kansas City, and I think it is genuine. But at a certain point, <laughs> if, if someone's offering you an extra year or two and the gap in money is so drastic, there's no such thing as just, oh, you like staying a place, so you leave $20 million yeah. on the table. Now, if it's $5 million, $4 million, you could actually have a conversation about that. But no, nobody's leaving huge amounts of money or an extra year of guaranteed and, money on the table. And don't you think it's easier to take that discount when it's a one-year deal? Yes. Because I'll take a discount for a year. I'll stick around for a year. Oh, on he was a coming cheap off. Deal. He was coming off an injury. But barely this, played last year. He's coming off an injury again. But he, but Minor, he, was, yeah. you know, he was almost put up a thousand yards this year. But this will be his first big contract in the NFL. Might be his only. That's the thing about so NFL you don't players. Take, you don't take discounts on those deals. I mean, I push back on the text line nine one three five eight six seven six ten from the eight one six. Says Juju isn't a eighteen to twenty million dollar player, no matter Christian who Kirk else is was. on the market. You may not think, quote unquote, that's, but that's where the market is at. Yeah. Let me tell you a little something about supply and demand. Okay, uh, so it's just like a little uh, economics uh, lesson. Uh, no, thank you. There is no supply of <laughs> wide receivers, therefore Juju will be in high demand. Christian Kirk got $20 million a year last year. He's never had a season as good as Juju Smith-Schuster. He had a similar season to Juju Smith-Schuster this season. What is to say he can't get that kind of money? I don't think maybe it's coming in at 20, but he's 26. You just mentioned, like, hey, you know, Jarek McKinnon's over 30. You know, he can't really mm -hmm. talk to the – uh, that's not the case with Juju Smith-Schuster. He's quite young. You give him a four-year contract, and you might still be out of it before he turns 30 or before he turns 31. That makes a massive difference. Coming up in about seven minutes or so, Steve Palazzolo of Pro Football Focus. We'll, we'll dive deep into this game, a couple matchups and, and trends that stand out that could favor Kansas City or what 
trends actually favor Philadelphia heading into the Super Bowl coming up on Sunday. But real quick, guys, so obviously yesterday I appreciate you guys holding the fort down uh, while I was back at the uh, the Airbnb. Were you able uh, to hold any food down is the real question. So I finally had some food, uh, some soup last night. That was the first thing I ate since Sunday night. <laughs> um and I thought we were in the clear until this morning. So I'm just mm. not going to – can we, we didn't bring the scale. If, we, if Cody and I were doing a, a weight do challenge, that, oh, if we were doing that – fair. I'd be crushing him. I would be crushing him. Nick and I, I ate probably like lost, five rolls of sushi last night. Yeah, I heard you guys had some sushi. But anyway – We've got a story about that later, yeah, by the we'll, way. Yeah, we will get to that. But my understanding is because someone tweeted at me, they said, at least Nick thinks you look better than Carrot Top. And I was very confused, and I said, Carrot Top is still a thing? And then Nick responded with the photo of Carrot Top, and then I saw he was on another national radio show yesterday, and then I was told that you had a chance maybe to get Carrot Top on the show, and you guys turned him down. I wouldn't say, like, we had a chance. Now, if I Why would have— Why didn't you have him on the show? Well, no, I'm saying if I would have pursued him, I'm sure we could have booked him. We just saw—I was scared. You were scared Vag- to go and talk to Carrot Because no, I thought a vagrant had wandered into the building. Oh, well, he looked rough. Oh. Dude, I was worried for a second. I said it yesterday. He looked <laughs> He's like he had st- a rough life. He looked like he started smoking crack in 2004 and oh. hasn't stopped since. Well, He made it very clear yesterday that he didn't feel like that is what's happening. He's just saying that's what it looks like. Yes. I mean, when he used to go on Jay Leno Can't way back in the Can't day and me. had the props and stuff, I actually thought he was kind of funny. I've never went to Vegas and went to his show. He w- he's done a Vegas show for like 20 years. Dude, he didn't have any props yesterday, so I'm just supposed to have Carrot Dude, he looked so disheveled. So bad. And I was like, oh, he looked like a guy who, like, I bet you he doesn't smell good sort of situation. Wow. <laughs> you saw the picture. Yeah, but it doesn't mean he doesn't say just a little rough. So you, okay, are you, okay, look at me with a straight face. Are you telling me you think we should have had yes. him on? Yeah, why not? I think I just explained why I not. mean, you had Clark Hunt on. You had <laughs> so J.J. Piccolo on. I think he probably smelled worse than your toilet yesterday afternoon. Oh. oh. Yeah, yeah. You sure? I think so. I'm, I'm not so sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so sure about that, Nick. Okay, I mean, I, now I hear your explanation. So that was the thought process you went through without having a carrot top on. If you want if you, if you want to have the same effect, I could just go find, like, a hobo from the street. <laughs> and we could have him in here. Hmm. See if I give him a day pass. Just put ouch. Dude. What do you mean, ouch? I like the idea that you're going to. Right, okay, you're right. He looked great. <laughs> he looked incredible. Well, I'm saying he looked how he looked. He definitely, he definitely looked how he looked. And I think he smelled how he looked. All right, guys, we are broadcasting from Radio Row here. It's Cody and Gold live in Arizona, and it's brought to you by Raygun and Baker University. Up next, though, Steve Palazzolo of Pro Football Focus stops by. He'll give us a breakdown and one trend in particular the Chiefs have to look out for on Sunday. All right, we're back here in Arizona, Wednesday on Radio Row. Alex Gold, Cody Tapp, Nick Schwert with you, and we're brought to you by Baker University. We'll get to Nick's notable notes coming up in about 15 minutes or so. Also, you never know who's going to stop by throughout the day. Someone we do know is stopping by is Steve Palazzolo, though, from Pro Football Focus. And all our guests are brought to you by Ag Power, your local authorized John Deere dealer, and by Papa Murphy's. Get any medium two-topping pizza for just $6.99 in-store or at papamurphys.com. Always good to have Steve on the show. Are you getting tired of the Chiefs at this point, though? No, it's great. It's it's um, The Chiefs are a fascinating story anyway because it is interesting how they – want to build around Mahomes right like the the Mahomes the Josh Allens the the Joe Burrows like there's the strategies and how to build around those elite quarterbacks in the coming years I think one of the big biggest stories of of the NFL so it's all fun is anyone else so like all the like this is the biggest advantage the Chiefs have in my opinion 
everyone did this, and they all had their guys on cheap deals, and now all their numbers are going to balloon. Mahomes has already ballooned, and they're still ahead of you. Is anyone else going to be able to convince their quarterback to work a deal like Mahomes? Is Burrow going to take a 10-year deal? Is Because that's really what they need. In order to keep up with the Joneses, right, they have to convince their quarterback to sign a 12-year contract. I don't know yeah. that anyone else is going to convince their team to do that. I could see Burrow doing it. I mean, yeah, but the what happens with that is the flexibility, right? You move cap space around. You're, you're never consolidated in one year. The Deshaun Watson thing, having five years fully guaranteed, of course, throws everything off. You lose flexibility, and it's all guaranteed. Yeah, he screwed that up for some people. He really did. And um, even the way Dak was kind of going, like, in Kirk Cousins, you know, guys that were saying, I, I, I want to hit free agency again. I want to be a free agent in four years. I want to be a free agent every four years. And it, they're maximizing their value instead of saying, I want to be locked in here. The Chiefs know exactly what they're getting into. They'll have some years where Mahomes' cap hit will be higher, other years where it will be lower, and they have that flexibility. Maybe Burrow will end up doing that. Maybe Justin Herbert will end up doing that. But um, it does give a huge advantage, though, when you have that QB locked up long term. Yeah, there's always been that sort of – and I don't know how much we'll be talking about this five, ten years from now, but there's been this idea when you get these quarterbacks on the mega deal that your margin for error becomes so razor thin elsewhere on the roster, yet the Chiefs have found a way to still maintain their status. When you look at this this iteration of the Chiefs, or if you just want to hyper-focus on Mahomes – what stands out to you about what he has done this year and his evolution compared to what we saw the first four years of him starting? Yeah, I mean, I thought coming into the season, look, I, I was wrong about Tyree Kill making them take a step back this year. So were we. Right. 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 We're in Kansas yeah. City. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I thought they were going to take a step back, right? And But I said, look, the, the opposite side of that is we've seen other times in history where, say, Matthew Stafford lost Calvin Johnson and then Deshaun Watson lost DeAndre Hopkins, and both guys like became just better quarterbacks and did stuff differently. Mahomes has adjusted, right? I mean, for me, the Mahomes Chiefs, I'll always compare them to, say, Brady and the Patriots, right? Because that's what the expectation is. And you can go back and say, okay, what are the, what are the things you may have learned or, or just what did, you, what did you learn throughout the Patriots dynasty? And Brady could adjust to any situation, which was made, what made him special. They had two tight end sets. They had a run-heavy attack, a spread offense. They were receiver-heavy. It doesn't matter. It was all – but he always made it work. And that was kind of like, all right, let's see Mahomes answer that question this year. What happens when it's Kelsey and friends? Okay, he's answered that. At some point he's going to have to answer what happens when Kelsey loses a step or gets old. Right, and he'll probably check that box as well. So, but I think I think you learn that Mahomes could adjust to the the way the league adjusted to him last year, taking all the underneath stuff, playing the patient game, throwing the spectacular plays out there when he needs to. But he's just playing quarterback extremely well this year and maximizing what they've given him. By the way, my current working theory is that Travis Kelsey will never age and it's never true. lose a step. I don't think he's got they the make back fun spasms the other day, and he's just weaving through defenders. He looks yeah. like he's hurting, but it's like he's still faster than everybody. Well, yes, I think I think he I think he's aged. I think he's just like the toughest sob. I think he will just play through anything. I, I honestly, part of what I think it is is that like people are like, well, nobody nobody ever plays tight end uh, great until they're thirty-seven. I'm like, well, no one else is Travis. Kelsey. Kelsey, you're asking me to, like, that. there's no comparison. So why would I try to pin him into everyone else's box? Absolutely. I mean, he's he's incredible. He's been incredible. I mean, even Gron- Gronk was incredible for his time, but he didn't necessarily have the longevity and everything. So, yeah, Kelsey's still doing it. Um, and he it should be hard for him to age because he's more receiver than, you know, yeah. pure inline tight end. But we haven't necessarily seen that yet. When you look at the, the matchup between these two teams, largely, like in Kansas City, we're going to try to make the argument that, the offensive line for the Chiefs is just as good as theirs, or the defensive line for them is just as good as theirs, and although I think there's a slight difference, I'd make more of the argument for the offensive line. At Pro Football Focus, sure. how close do you think that these things are? The Chiefs' defensive line versus the Eagles, 
the Chiefs' offensive line versus the Eagles. How close are these two teams in the trenches? I think both offensive lines are close. I mean, the Eagles have – they're fantastic. They're great run blockers. They're excellent pass blockers. But the Chiefs are just as good. I mean, so here's where I was wrong a couple of years ago. I thought the Chiefs over – corrected for the 2020 yeah. Super Bowl, right, and over-invested in the offensive line. And we, st- we still might see that, right? Orlando Brown's going to hit free agency. We'll see what happens there. But it felt like they over-invested there. But did they really? They they do have a top-five offensive line in the NFL, and they can run it when they want to. They do protect Patrick pretty well. Um, he invites pressure when you know at times. Whatever, but, but overall, he's good at avoiding solid. the sacks, so you yeah. can let it go. But they were so imp- – like, he's so good at avoiding sacks, right? It doesn't matter if he invites pressure. It doesn't become a negative play. But when he was hurt, it was like the offensive line said, that's it. Lock it in. And he, yeah. th- nobody got close to him in that Jags game. Pressure? Is that what it was in the Jags game in the second half? One yeah. single pressure? And it wasn't even the pressures. It was like, dude, he had that one pass that looked like he was playing at Alabama, right? It was like, I got 10 <laughs> yards of space, and my receivers got 20 yards of space and all that stuff. So I think the old line's close. D-line, I say the Eagles have the advantage. Of course, Chris Jones is probably the best player on both defensive lines. But the Eagles have the depth that the, that the Chiefs don't have with Hargrave with Hassan Reddick, with Josh Sweat. I mean, they just have so many good players up there. Specifically with what the Eagles do offensively. We know Spags likes to keep offenses guessing. He does the exotic blitz packages. He's bringing in D-backs. He's bringing in cornerbacks. How does that work against this Eagles offense, which is pretty unique in how they utilize not just Jalen Hurts, but both those running backs, that running game. It seems like they put a lot of pressure on the, the DNs, the outside linebackers, to sort of make those decisions somewhat similar to like a really good college offense. I don't mean that as a negative, but it does sort of remind you of what you see in a lot of the the elite college programs. Yeah, the way I describe good offenses in the NFL is they have to have answers, right? If you look at the the Chiefs' offense last year, didn't always have answers against, to say, a too-high shell thrown underneath. The Eagles have a lot of good answers to everything. If teams are going to let them run, they'll run. If teams are going to take away the run, they can throw the ball outside to the receivers. They've got a good tight end. And then when you have the quarterback that does offset, that that can run, that offsets a lot, right? Jalen Hurts being a part of the QB run game does make defenses simplify a little bit. So maybe Spags can't be as aggressive. Jalen Hurts is pretty good with blitz recognition and all that stuff. So um, I think the Eagles just are very, very good. They're, they're not just a zone team or just a gap scheme when it comes to running. They do it all, and then Hurts is a runner, and then you got to cover those receivers on the outside. So they have good answers to whatever it might be. I think it's going to come down to when Spags leaves the corners and one-on-one and when they play their press on the outside, if A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith make plays, the Eagles have a chance to put up some points. What is there a weakness that you see on the Eagles? Is there any area where you feel like maybe they're not as strong as others or something you think the Chiefs would have a chance to exploit on Sunday? I think it's more just the game flow of things. I mean, that's one of the talking points that they, you know, my podcast partner Sam Monson keeps bringing up. You know, they've they've led, you know, more minutes than any team in the last 5 years the Eagles and They've, they've never lost their game flow. They haven't really had to play from behind. So they're, that old cliche, like if you make this team that's really balanced and well-rounded and you make them pass over and over and over again, that could be the weakness, right? So if it's Mahomes and the Chiefs go down and score a couple touchdowns early, that might be where you see the Eagles in just a straight drop-back game if they get out of their game plan a little bit. I, I know these defensive coordinators get paid a lot, so every time like we and radio are like, I have a suggestion. It makes us sound kind of insane, but... <laughs> Let's make them anyway. Let's do it anyway. But I'm going to do it anyway. I don't understand why defenses this year for the Chiefs haven't gone back and said, beat me deep. Prove it. All right, you got all the underneath stuff again. We are going to play close to the line of scrimmage. We're going to take this away for a little bit, and you beat us deep again. I know that you can lose quickly that way. I understand how it unravels in a hurry. That also means drives get in quickly if it actually works. Yeah, it's... It's interesting because 
like having Mahomes in that offense should make you think about things differently. It doesn't mean there's like a certain strategy that's right. Um, but I look at the 2009 Saints, the only time that the, the Saints won the Super Bowl with Drew Brees, they won in turnover margin. Like their turnover margin was unbelievable, right? And that's not something you play the for or predict. The Chiefs this year. Right, it's just it's a luck thing, right? Yeah. But there's like this style of why not take chances? We have a great offense. And then when it all works in one year, it's like, okay, we can win a Super Bowl. There's this element of the Chiefs where it's like, what if we just did play man coverage? Uh, if they score a touchdown, who cares? Like, we're going to score our 30, right? Or we're going to get to 28. We're going to get to 30. So, yeah, I, mean, I think there's that element of just be aggressive, try to force turnovers or force three, uh, three and outs when it comes to, you know, playing man coverage. You know, but the, the Chiefs just have to be good enough defensively in this in this world, right, with Mahomes. And the year that they run into, like, having, like, a legit top ten defense, then, yeah, they're going to be in the Super Bowl. I think according by your metrics, this is what makes it funny to us because that's what we kept saying. We're like, all right, Mahomes just a league average defense. They might have been – almost perfectly league average this year yeah. when you take in, like, the entire season. You're like, wow, how perfectly normal you were on defense. I guess is that how you guys still view them, or are they playing better now because of how young those players were at some point versus where they are now that we have to view them as slightly better than league average? I think they've definitely played better these last couple weeks. I mean, they, it, it was a good Jacksonville offense that they pretty much handled and a good Bengals uh, you know, offense. And, you know, just like, just like Pat had his issues in the Super Bowl against the Bucks, where there was a weakness on the offensive line, a, a mid-tier defense like the Chiefs can exploit a bad offensive line like the Bengals, and that's what they did, right? That's why defense is tough to predict because it is so dependent on who you're playing, right? The, the Bucks defense in 2020, they weren't elite. They just happened to have – they ran into a game where the Chiefs were so depleted on the offensive line they looked like the 85 Bears for a night. So the Chiefs are capable of doing that, where Chris Jones can go have 10 pressures because you legitimately can't block him with Max Sharping, and that's the matchup. So that's how I describe the Chiefs. It's kind of like if the matchups are in their favor, they're going to look good in some games, and other games they're going to look not so good. And I, I, I think in this game with the younger <laughs> corners, if the young corners are one-on-one you know, 10 to 15 times, it'll come down to can they play tight coverage against A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. So the Chiefs just won a game with – uh, it was at the end of the game. MVS and Marcus Kemp out there as like your two Jody primary. Jody Fortson lined up at wide Jody Fortson, for a first yeah. Mahomes um, on a bum ankle. Pa- Travis with the bad back. How much do the injuries at, at the receiver positions concern you going into that game? How much is that weighing on how you think this plays out? I mean, they should be healthier. They're, they're, it is interesting because the Chiefs are less playmaker driven this year, right? Mm-hmm. Than they than they have been. It, it is. Mahomes getting better as a quarterback, saying, oh, Marcus Kemp's open on, you know, curl flat. Let's hit him on curl flat, right? It is less dependent on special players. And I think that does match pretty well with the Eagles' defense. They're going to play a lot of zone. They're going to play a lot of too high. And it'll just be Mahomes hitting hitting the open guy. Now, you still want to have dudes that make play, you know, make plays, right? You want to have Kadarius Toney have a couple special plays, MBS get behind the defense and all that stuff. But I think they can handle it. Um, I think they'll be okay. At the end of the day, though, I'm a playmaker guy. I do think that does win you games, and it is tough to forget. You know, you did have Tyree Kill against Buffalo last year. It's like, oh, here's this 11-yard crosser that turns into a 63-yard touchdown. You're kind of missing that this year. It'd be nice to have, but I think <laughs> yeah. Mahomes and the offense are equipped enough to, to handle things. Good enough time as any. Let's get our prediction brought to you by Ag Power, John Deere, and Papa Murphy's. What's your prediction for the game? Oh, I change it. Every every single place I got a different do you? prediction. No, you, have you don't not. have to answer. That's Chiefs just answer. Really? Well, I want your honest assessment. Who do you think is going to win? I actually haven't had to make one just yet. So wow. uh, let's first. go. First. Woo-hoo-hoo. 
You Let's can't go. from here. You, you're not held liable for what you say here. It's a close game. It'll be a good game. Chiefs will say 27-24. Are you just Chiefs saying win. that because we're in Kansas? Would you have told Don't worry. I, mean, I see my Pittsburgh friends over here. I always say positive stuff about Pittsburgh. Like, Kenny on Pickett's going to be a that. star. Oh, yeah. I always <laughs> talk about Kenny Pickett and all that stuff. That's, <laughs> I got to know the audience, you know. So 27-24, Chiefs. Beautiful. The dynasty continues. <laughs> Steve Palazzolo of Pro Football Focus. Check out the work at PFF.com. Thanks so much. Really appreciate the time. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. And, of course, all our guests are brought to you by Ag Power, your local authorized John Deere dealer, and by Papa Murphy's. Get any medium two-topping pizza for just $6.99 in-store or at papamurphys.com. I'm sensing a trend here this week, Gold. You're kind of letting Cody steal all the airtime during these <laughs> interviews. He's getting all the questions in. Can I peel back the curtain on that one? Feel free. Uh, that was – you guys talked to him after the show yesterday, so that was And where why. were you yesterday? Well, where do you in, think in you bed were? and maybe at that exact <laughs> – when did you record it? At that it? exact moment, about one fifteen. About one fifteen local time. In bed. Okay. In bed, yeah. At that point in time, yeah, in, in bed. Do you Probably. get caught up on, like, a Netflix show? What did you watch all day? No, I literally just laid in bed and then fell asleep in and out and then occasionally had to get up and pay a visit to the old <laughs> bathroom. And that's uh, that's how it went yesterday. Lovely way to spend spend your time in Phoenix. Look, I'll be honest. Flat out sucks. Flat out sucks to start the trip this way. But I guess, you know, what do they say? You know, you know, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. So that's the goal here. That's the mantra. That's what we're going with the rest of the week. That's uh-huh. that's top 18 mentality. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. That's it. Look, yep. this yep. is the 18th you best midday show <laughs> in the country. <laughs> mid-market. But, you know, still, it applies. How many mid-market 60-something. Oh, not bad. Top third. Yeah, sixty Even something. Even better, sixty-one or sixty-eight of them. Okay, I'm feeling I'm feeling better by the moment by our top eight. You right? should, you should. I'll be honest. Uh, we'll get back into what Steve had to say about Philadelphia and the importance, clearly, of a quick start against them uh, coming up in about ten minutes or so. But let's get to Nick's notable notes. Gotta write something down. Nick's notable notes. All right, guys, day three here. Uh, by the way, it's not called Radio Row anymore. Did you know that? And it's the Media Center. It's Media, Media Row. Row. It's because, as you can so tell. Everybody's doing podcasts. Correct. Well, and podcasts, video oh, so streaming. we have to bow down to them? It's We're the, still on radio. We also all host podcasts, but that's not important. No, not now. Not now. We're here doing our radio best. Okay, so uh, I'm working with Blake back in studio. Shout out, Blake, for all the hard work he's doing keeping us on the air today. Yesterday, we scored an interview with the owner what all, how many titles does Chairman and have? CEO. Chairman and CEO. You know what? If you're the owner of the team, I don't think you need extra titles. That's kind of about <laughs> as Owner's big as it gets. pretty good. Uh, and so a lot of people are talking about that interview. A lot of buzz around the uh, around the streets right now. Just Fat about, season, you know. Yeah, yeah. There's just so, so, so many great nuggets of information that came from that interview. But I think the most talked about, the most hotly debated moment of that discussion was when we were talking to Clark Hunt about – the future of Arrowhead. What's going to happen to Arrowhead when the Royals move to downtown Kansas City? What are his visions for that? What it could look like? And in that conversation, though, perhaps more noteworthy than anything Clark had to say was something that Cody had to say. And it was not about what Cody said. It's about when he said it. Apparently, Cody Tapp, midday radio host, felt the need to interrupt Clark Hunt Billionaire NFL owner. So I want to let everybody know. I want to let everybody hear this audio and decide for yourself, was this acceptable, what Cody did during our interview with Clark Hunt? Blake, if you have the audio ready, please play it for us. Well, uh, something that we discussed 
back in 2005 and 2006 was the ability to do some development uh, on, on the site. And at, at the time, uh, the, the feedback we received from, from the developers in Kansas City, you know, that area wasn't ready for, for development. It's something that we'll explore again um, because, you know, t time's passed and then uh, development patterns have, have changed. Uh, certainly, we, we would love to see some more development or, around the facility. We think that'd be you good. You think like Titletown, like Lambo, uh, even? Uh, uh, that, you know, that's something that's very specific that's, sure. in a way, attached uh, yeah. to the stadium. All right, Ooh, Blake, wow. Blake, I'm going to give you wow. a second. I'm going to wow. give you – we're going to talk here. I'm going to give you a second. I need you to isolate the exact moment where he interrupts him and then Clark, Clark kind of uh, trying to regain his, his thought because – that sounded like a man that was not prepared to be interrupted. <laughs> wow, he like caught himself. Do you think I should feel bad about interrupting Clark Hunt? It's not just that you interrupted him, it's that you threw him off his train of thought. This is a very intelligent man, Cody. Okay, I think that I interrupt everybody, everybody. in my yes. normal life. Yeah, that's true. So I'm not doing it any different. Have you I'm treating him like a person. Have you like considered a real regular have person? You considered like the maybe man he you is. should stop interrupting everyone? I have not considered <laughs> that. Uh, is this my Alex, moment? unbiased observer, you were not present. I was not. What are your thoughts on what you just I heard? I mean, he clearly interrupted him, but to Cody's point, like I mean, we just heard the Steve Palazzolo conversation. I think you interrupted Palazzolo as well. So it just he's not doing it on purpose. It just, it just continues to happen. But does Clark deserve preferential treatment? No. He's a man like me and you. You would, I would have thought you would have laid back a little. Dollars. I would have thought you would have stepped back a little bit more because he is the owner of the team and and he's it's the first time he's come on our show, but it is kind of what you do anyway. So you were you're being yourself. Let me you're, ask you this you're on brand. Me, you, and Clark. We're all sitting in a bar. We're having a conversation. <laughs> we're all that. What are you just you you talking paragraphs? You give him his four sentences. We're not and then at you a talk? bar. We're not at a bar. We're not tipping. We're not you know tipping <laughs> back a couple of bottles. Blake, can we hear that? Can we hear that cut one more time? More development around the facility. We think that'd be. You good. think like Title Town, like Lambo, even? <laughs> uh, uh, that yeah. That, uh, that sound. Uh, oh, that is him <laughs> saying like, "Are you?" That's his way of saying like, "Are you? Are you he was, kidding me right now?" He was trying to give. He was trying to give a real answer to the question about the future of Arrowhead, which we'll get back into in about a half hour. And yeah, you did. Who knows? He might have been giving us. You could have broke the whole story for us. He might have actually given us a scoop. What but if he? We'll was, never know. We'll never. He know. He was about to say, "Okay, <laughs> you know what? I wasn't supposed to do this, but you guys are so awesome. I'll go ahead and let you know now." And then he was going to unveil the exact plan for Arrowhead. That's and you not had to get your like Title Town. <laughs> you mean I kind of like Title Town? Why do I sound like Jimmy Stewart in your impression of me? Oh well, I kind of like Title Town. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. You think like Title Town, like Lambo, even. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. oh, oh. Text line, Cody would interrupt the Pope to ask him how many Christmas <laughs> trees he has. <laughs> Dude, that was – I was – I was. you should have seen my face when he did it. Like, I almost put my headset down and walked away. I was so embarrassed at that moment because <laughs> I thought the interview was going so well up until that point. I, listened to, I ended up listening back to it. I thought you guys did a really great job with it. I did. I thought he was great. Even Other than that moment. Even despite that. Yeah, I still think it was a really good interview. I think you guys did a nice job. We're going to talk later in the show. That's why it's the 18th best yeah. mid-major market. Top 18. I'll tell you what. Show. I'll tell yeah. you what. 19th best radio show in the country. They're not interrupting no, Clark Hunt like that. They're not. And because they're not, they're the not having content. real conversations. Mm -hmm. We are going to we're going to dive because there's not just what he had in that conversation, what we were just hearing from talking about Arrowhead. There was also, I think, perhaps one of the more – 
relatable moments in Clark Hunt's career because these guys, I mean, they're not really, and this isn't a diss, these NFL owners, they're not relatable. They're billionaires. They run NFL teams. We don't have much in common with them, but I do think at the tail end of that conversation, there was perhaps the most relatable I've ever heard an NFL owner sound, and, and we're going to play that audio for you guys coming up later in the show. I think I think we did, we did, we did an okay job of disarming Clark just a little bit. Disarming. You know what I'm saying, right? These guys have walls up. They, they, have, they have money and teams and assets and all of this stuff that they are working to protect. So it's tough to really get to know the real the real side of them. I think, I think we did an okay job at that yesterday. Those are Nick's notable notes as we're broadcasting live in Arizona. Thanks to our friends at Ray Gunn and Baker University. Up next, though, we're going to go back into what Steve Palazzolo had to say, in particular the importance of one thing for the Chiefs right at the beginning of the game. That's next here on Cody and Gold.